The strange but true story featured on this podcast contains details some people may find unsettling. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Chaya Samuel and things are about to get weird. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Things Are About To Get Weird. This is the weekly podcast dedicated to the stranger things in life, be that bizarre phenomena, unexplained mysteries, odd true crime tales, or stories full of wild twists. There's a new episode every Wednesday, although this week you're actually getting a double helping of weirdness as our 2022 Christmas special will be live on Friday. I loved putting it together. There's a mixture of festive themed strange but true stories and a couple of your own odd experiences that were sent to me via email too. It's a really fun little bonus episode, so be sure to check back for that one on Friday. But in the meantime, I have a truly mysterious and very intriguing story for you in today's episode. A few months ago, I remember reading a news story about a village in Yorkshire that's been plagued by a constant rumbling noise that was dubbed the home field hum. At the time, I thought it was strange, but it simply slipped my mind until a couple of weeks ago when I spotted another story about it, detailing how the residents are still living with this weird noise years after it started. So I did some more digging, and as it turns out, This phenomenon of the hum is far from being just a Yorkshire problem. In fact, incidents of the hum have been reported all over the world for decades. Let's dive deeper into this bizarre happening, which, as we'll find out, is anything but easily explainable. So I'm going to start off by telling you more about the home field hum, as I think it's a fascinating introduction to the phenomenon in general, and then we'll get into some of the other instances and the many possible theories as to what causes it. But really, the first thing I should say is that Whilst I've already referred to the hum as a phenomenon, this label is debatable as there's not always evidence that the hum in one location is caused by the same thing as the hum in another location. But for our purposes today, I am going to treat it as one phenomenon as, in my eyes, even if there are different possible causes, the outcome is still very similar. So allow me to transport you to the once quiet village of Homefield, which is around 2 miles or 3.2 kilometres north of the town of Halifax, West Yorkshire, which is located in the north of England. Through no choice or fault of their own, this close-knit village has become divided into two camps in recent years, those who can hear the hum and those who can't. The residents who are plagued by this background noise, which has been described as a constant washing machine-like whirring or a droning sound like the idling of a diesel engine, are genuinely and deeply affected by it. And whilst some reports state that it emerged during the first COVID lockdown of 2020, others note that it was initially observed back in 2019. In a fantastic BBC news piece from earlier this month, a reporter called Alex Moss spoke to several Homefield residents who can hear the hum, and their experiences sound genuinely awful. One lady, Yvonne Connor, is quoted as saying, 
I love my home, but some days I absolutely detest being in it. It feels like there's no happy space here anymore. As much as I can hear it, I can feel it on my eardrums. It resonates and feels like a pressure against them. That's pretty much what it's like all the time. One particular night, I woke about 5.30am with a start. For God's sake, I thought, I could hear it through my pillow. The only thing I could do was to put my headphones on, play music, lie on my back and hope somehow I could just forget it was there. But it's impossible and it feels like this never-ending cycle of torture. When I read this, I honestly felt for her so much. Just from my perspective, I know this is completely different, but I once had a ringing in my ears for about a week after a night out. I'd been standing too close to the speakers in a club called Satan's Hollow in Manchester, and it was genuinely horrible. I can't imagine what it's like to experience something like this for years on end in your own home and feeling like you have to leave your house to escape it. It really must be such a bizarre thing to deal with. But in an earlier interview with The Independent, Yvonne had explained that not everyone shared her experience explaining how she would go out in her car each night to search for the origin of the mysterious hum. She said, two in the morning, three, four, driving, stopping, listening. My partner would come with me, but he couldn't hear it. He thought I was going crazy, so did I. A few weeks after Yvonne first heard the hum and after several unsuccessful attempts to find its source via things like shutting down all the electricals in her home to try and isolate it and asking her neighbours to do the same, she took to Facebook to see if any other locals could hear the noise too. And she quickly found that she was not alone, as over 20 people from both Homefield and the neighbouring village of Bradshaw got in touch to say that they too were being hounded by this relentless, mysterious drone. One other local resident, Zoe Miller, told the BBC, It leaves you feeling worn out because it's worse on a night, so trying to sleep is hard. We have considered moving, but why should we when it's something that's not our fault? And it seems this lack of sleep is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the real-life effects that the hum has on those who live in Homefield. Residents have reported everything from migraines to anxiety in terms of side effects suffered as a result of the hum. And Yvonne even spoke in the BBC article about experiencing a bout of shingles and life-altering stress, which she attributes to the constant noise. By October of 2021, over 500 people had signed a petition asking for an investigation into the home field hum to be conducted, and this was finally ordered. But before we get into what was, or rather wasn't, discovered during the investigation, Let's look a little further afield and explore some of the other reported incidents of the hum, starting in the town of Taos in the US state of New Mexico. In the early 1990s, 
A number of residents of Taos described hearing a faint droning sound which appeared more noticeable both indoors and at night. These two factors are very common when people are describing incidents of the hum. It was also described as a constant low-frequency buzzing or rumbling sound, which honestly sounds like the kind of thing that could drive you round the bend in next to no time. By 1993, the hum had become so irritating that locals actually reported their concerns to Congress, which resulted in the United States' first formal study into a noise issue of this kind being conducted. It's believed that of the 8,000 house residents, 161 of them could hear the hum, and many were able to replicate the sounds using this special signal-generating equipment so that the researchers in the investigation had reference points for what they were searching for. During the week-long study, not only did scientists record and capture any general sound waves, but things like seismic activity and electromagnetic fields in the area were also monitored. Whilst these recordings did pick up a heightened electromagnetic field level in Taos, this was actually attributed to local power lines and it was found to have no bearing on the noise activity that was being reported. Plus, those sounds generated by the residents on that signal equipment to try and illustrate what they were experiencing 24 hours a day couldn't be picked up or detected anywhere in the town. And so the mystery deepened. Next, we find ourselves in the Bondi Beach area of Sydney, Australia. This suburb is known for its trendy vibe and laid-back lifestyle, but by 2009, some residents of this iconic beachfront destination were becoming increasingly agitated by a strange, low-level hum that was described as sounding like an industrial fan or a truck engine. Whilst some locals had been hearing the noise for years, Others only started to pick up on it after a little while. Speaking to the Australian Daily Telegraph, a resident named Di Robinson said, I didn't hear it, but since they've pointed it out to me, I try not to hear it because it's incredibly annoying. Some people say they hear it all the time and others haven't heard it. It's at that frequency level, not everybody hears it. I know it sends people around here crazy. All you can do is put music on to block it out. Some people leave fans on. And this story, or at least some variation of it, repeats itself the world over. Reports of an unexplained hum have been documented in villages, towns and cities in every corner of the globe. In fact, in 2012, a former university lecturer named Dr Glenn McPherson, who himself has heard the hum, actually created a website dedicated to mapping occurrences of the phenomenon around the world. It can be found at thehum.info and the map on the website is just fascinating. It shows that instances of this low-level rumbling have been heard everywhere from Japan, Ecuador and Kenya to Bangladesh, Finland and the Philippines. One of the earliest properly documented cases was actually reported in the UK city of Bristol in the 1970s, when hundreds and hundreds of local residents noticed that a strange noise, which was most apparent at night, was keeping them awake. What's even weirder is that, in the instance of the Bristol hum, it ended up disappearing as quickly as it started, leaving those who'd been affected by it completely baffled. 
So the million dollar question is, of course, what on earth causes the hum? Well, whilst this is widely regarded as an unsolved and unexplained phenomenon, that's not stopped various theories from forming and spreading over the years. As I'm sure you can imagine, they range from the scientific to the supernatural, and I'm going to run through the most fascinating ones today. Let's head back to where we started in the Yorkshire village of Homefield. After the petition I mentioned, Calderdale Council, who look after the village, did launch an investigation into the hum. Initially, residents believed that the location of the village could have been a factor in the noise disturbance, as it sits at the bottom of a valley surrounded by various industrial and commercial buildings and facilities. They speculated that some kind of industrial work could have been responsible for creating a vibration or a rumbling which carried throughout the village. Although the council did claim to have found three potential sources of the hum during the course of their investigation, they not only decided not to disclose these possible theories, but they eventually concluded that they could not find the root of the problem after all. And this has been the case time and time again all over the globe. The Taos hum investigation in New Mexico was also inconclusive, and it doesn't appear that the Bondi hum researchers were able to identify a specific cause either. Now, possibly one of the closest things to a scientific explanation came in the case of the Windsor hum, which was heard in the Canadian city of Windsor, which is in Ontario, located close to the border with the US. According to a report from USA Today, on one evening in 2012, over 22,000 local residents reported being able to hear the hum, and over the years, locals have described everything from their beds vibrating and windows rattling to their young children's mood being affected by the noise. In 2014, the Canadian government finally pinpointed what they believed could be the source of the hum, the nearby US steelworks on Zug Island. But because of various difficulties with the steelworks being on US territory and the noise issue being on Canadian soil, the matter was never properly investigated. However, in 2020, the steel facility halted its operations, and after doing so, the hum miraculously died down. It doesn't look like there's been any kind of official comment on the potential correlation between these two events, but take from it what you will. In my opinion, whilst it's possible that in this specific instance, the industrial works were somehow causing the hum, I feel like there are too many other examples where, one, there are no nearby industrial plants or factories, and two, when a plant has been suspected to be the cause, it's actually been ruled out. Take the city of Kokomo in the US state of Indiana, for example. After a hum was detected by hundreds of residents in the area, a 2003 investigation actually initially concluded that nearby industrial works were the culprit. However, after implementing measures to significantly reduce the impact of the noise pollution from these factories, the hum was still widely reported and the issue was anything but resolved. 
Similarly, in the case of the Bristol Hum, a factory around 10 miles or 16 kilometres away from the city was initially pinpointed as the cause of the phenomenon. However, according to The Independent, even after the factory was completely demolished, the hum didn't cease, so once again residents were left without an explanation. It appears to be the general scientific consensus that the cause of the phenomenon is likely a mixture of factors that can vary from location to location, with just one of those being industrial activity in the area. Dr Jeff Leventhal, who previously worked with the University of London, actually spent over 50 years researching the hum after being fascinated by the numerous unexplained reports of it. But despite this research, Dr Leventhal, who is now in his 90s, says that it's not been possible to find one root cause. He's quoted in The Independent as saying, I should imagine a lot of localised cases will be fans, diesel engines, compressors, things like that. The advice I've been giving people for years is to sit back, relax and try and let the hum flow past you. If that requires cognitive therapy, they should consider it. These sounds do exist in the world, there needs to be some coexisting with them. And whilst this does make sense, of course, I can imagine that the people who are suffering real health concerns that they believe are connected to the hum find this advice quite tricky to swallow. In the BBC article, an acoustics expert named Peter Rogers spoke about these very real physical and psychological effects, saying, If you can't control it and have to live with it, then it's a physical stress and you start to see chronic physical symptoms. Quite often, they start doubting themselves and think they're going crazy. We're able to go in and prove with science that by measuring it, it's there and they're sane. The problem is then trying to find out where it's coming from. It's a bit like searching for that elusive needle in a haystack. If you imagine the soundscape people are living in, there's all sorts of noises coming and going day and night, so you've got to effectively turn everything off to start the job of finding it. So as I was researching all of this, something that kept really nagging at me was why, in any area where a hum is found, does it only seem to affect a certain percentage of residents? And after a further look at Dr McPherson's website, thehum.info, I found something very interesting. On the website, he writes that his team estimates around 2-4% to of the global population can experience the hum under certain conditions, and suggests that ultimately, the cause of it might not just be an external physical source, but rather something more new neurological. He's quoted in The Guardian as saying, This is caused by something internal, some internally generated perception of sound. But we need to know the trigger and what kind of exposures might be necessary. We also need to know other things the population might have in common that could help explain this. In other words, the hum could be neurologically generated by those predisposed to hear it, which explains why only a small number of people in one affected area do experience the hum. 
but the trigger of this in those people is unknown. Once again, we're kind of presented with more questions than answers, but this idea that it could have a neurological element is fascinating. To kind of add on to this, I also found an article from the LA Times in which various researchers from the University of New Mexico discussed the idea that the hum could be the result of noises our ears spontaneously produce. This is a phenomenon known as autoacoustic emissions, and according to the article, these emissions occur when, quote, stiff hair cells in the fluid-filled inner ear move, causing the eardrum to act as a speaker. Research shows that hair cells can tune themselves to hear a particular frequency. This seems to be a more well-researched possibility in relation to the hum than the condition that many of us might automatically think of, which is tinnitus. So whilst these explanations are really intriguing, I kind of feel like they open up whole new cans of worms because there are still no answers as to why. Say, for the sake of argument, these theories are correct and they explain what happens in somebody's body or brain to produce the hum in their ears. Why does it happen in the first place? Because there are so many unanswered questions, it's only natural that explanations that venture into conspiracy territory inevitably start to pop up. Whether it's that secret military missions are causing the hum to crop up in different areas, or that radio waves from submarine communications leak out and cause the phenomenon, these kinds of theories float about from time to time, but no evidence can ever really be provided for them. Naturally, there have also been suggestions that aliens could have something to do with the hum, because as we know, when something is unexplained, there's always an alien-based theory to be found. But whilst I couldn't really find any more on this, bar a few people saying, maybe it's aliens, one incredibly weird theory that I did find actually revolved around whether a specific type of fish could be to blame, the toadfish to be exact. Bear with me on this one because I know it's a bit bonkers, but after a strange hum was detected in Seattle in the United States, researchers at the University of Washington's marine biology program stated that the mating call of the toadfish could be the reason behind it. Male toadfish looking for a mate produce this humming sound that can last for hours, which on the surface appears like it could be a solid explanation in this specific hum case. But alas, it was eventually concluded that it simply wouldn't be possible for the mating call sound to carry that far inland as to be heard in people people's homes, so the toadfish was off the hook. I genuinely feel ashamed that I even attempted that pun. I, I can only apologise. Anyway, toadfish aside, what I found was more interesting than the out there conspiracy theories, which as you know I'm not generally a fan of, was the pattern I noticed when reading the more recent accounts of people experiencing the phenomenon. I briefly mentioned this at the very start of the episode, but there are multiple accounts of people observing that for them, the hum got worse during the first COVID lockdown. This is by no means suggesting that there was a link between the virus and the hum, but more so the increased time spent at home. For example, in the BBC article that explored the home field hum, there was also a few comments from a man named Chris House who lives in Bournemouth, which is a town on the south coast of England. Chris spoke about how he'd started to experience a constant droning sound during 2019. 
2019, but that it had started out slowly and built up and up, becoming what he described as absolutely horrendous during the 2020 lockdown. I actually felt so awful for him when I read more about his experience as he describes that there was, quote, no escape from it inside, adding, I would go out shopping and have this abject fear about coming back home. You can't find the words to describe how it feels to live with. It's soul-destroying. Similarly, in the independence piece about Homefield, another man named Simon Speechley is interviewed discussing how the hum intensified during lockdown. Talking about the Homefield industrial estate where some residents suspected the hum could be originating from, he said, What I understand is there's been a hum there for decades, but I'm convinced something happened during lockdown to make it far more pervasive. Now, these accounts really got me thinking, and I ended up with a couple of different theories of my own about why the hum could have appeared worse during lockdown. It was, of course, a time that many of us were inside our homes for the vast majority of the day and night, far more than we would be normally, and there's every chance that it wasn't that the hum got worse, it's just that it was more noticeable, because rather than being out at work or out socialising in a different location to where we live, many of us were in the same environment pretty much 24-7 with no change of scenery, or in this case, no respite from the hum. Alternatively, if the idea that a neurological event is the more likely explanation, Perhaps it could be that these noises generated by some people's ears happen due to spending more time isolated from others, or maybe even due to the stress and uncertainty of that time in 2020. Obviously, I'm not a scientist or a medical professional by any means, but it was an incredibly strange and jarring time for many of us, and it wouldn't surprise me if some kind of neurological response like this was possible. Although realistically, I feel that this second theory would hold a lot more weight if the reports of the hum were way more spread out and happened more on an individual basis, as opposed to tens of people from one village or hundreds of people from one town noting the same experience. Ah, the more I think about this whole phenomenon, the more bewildering it becomes. It feels like there's no rhyme or reason to any of it, and every time you think there might be a correlation between the hum and something that could cause it, there's always some kind of detail to disprove your theory. One other pattern that I found interesting is the fact that multiple people who have experienced the hum note that once they start hearing it, or once someone points it out to them, they can't unhear it. We saw this with the lady in Bondi, Di Robinson, and in an interview with the Financial Times, a lady named Sue Dollard from Homefield said, daft as it sounds, once you've heard it, you can't unhear it. Something else of interest that I read time and time again whilst researching this episode was that most people who suffer from hearing the hum continuously are middle-aged. I'd say it's quite a well-known fact that people of different ages hear different frequencies of noise differently. For example, children are able to hear higher frequency sounds much more easily than adults. As I say, I'm not a scientist, but it does make me wonder whether at least some of the phenomenon could be down to a kind of domino effect. 
one person tunes into a humming sound and then asks their neighbour whether they can hear it too. They describe the noise, their neighbour tries to pick up on it and listen out for it, and once their ears tune into the noise and notice it, their brain continues to recognise it. It's just a thought, of course, but I feel like something like this could perhaps help account for the localised clusters of people who become affected by it. But like every other theory when it comes to the hum, it still leaves so many questions unanswered. And to this day, the hum is still a mystery. The jury is out, and while stories about the phenomenon continue to pop up in the news every few years, it doesn't seem that we're any closer to knowing what's to blame. Personally, I wonder whether there isn't just one answer. Perhaps several factors can combine to produce a hum, and these factors may even vary from case to case. I will certainly be keeping my eye on the home field story, and as always in these unexplained phenomena cases, I would love to know which theory you find most compelling. I just hope that in Homefield and the other affected areas that the hum does quickly die down and that all of the affected residents can eventually get some relief. Well, I know this was something a little different, but I felt that we were overdue a mysterious phenomena story on the podcast. I hope you found this one as weird and intriguing as I did. It's truly one of those instances where I hope I never have to encounter it myself. I know I would not cope well with that continuous drone, and I just genuinely have so much sympathy for those who are currently dealing with it. As I say, I absolutely cannot wait to hear what you think about this story. So if you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook, both through the main podcast page and also the private discussion group too. On Instagram, our handle is at thingsgetweirdpodcast and on Twitter, it's at abouttogetweird. You can also pop me an email if you fancy too. The address is thingsgetweirdpodcast at gmail.com. If you ever have an episode topic idea or a strange but true story you'd like me to delve deeper into, please don't hesitate to get in touch. I always love to receive your suggestions. I actually think this might be one of my most source-heavy episodes. I feel like every new tangent I came across in this story required some further research and reading, so here's a shout out to all of the articles and research papers that helped me put this episode together. Firstly, the fantastic BBC piece on the hum from the 7th of December this year by Alex Moss, and also the article from The Independent, that one was by Colin Drury, and was published in October of 2021. There was the paper that outlined the results of the US hum study by James P. Cowan from 2008, and that Australian Daily Telegraph piece from May 2009. There were two really helpful articles from livescience.com, one from December 2021 and the other from Feb 2014. There was that Financial Times article by Imogen West Knight from February 2022, a Guardian article from March 2019, and an NBC news piece from 2013. There was the piece I noted from the LA Times, as well as coverage from the Huffington Post, USA Today and CBC. There were also a couple of great blog posts from sporkle.com, westseattleblog.com, as well as the hum.info website. 
So in the last episode, I mentioned that I have a little goal in my mind of reaching 100 Spotify reviews before the end of the year, and we are so close. I think we're on 85. So if you are listening on Spotify and you'd like to help us achieve this milestone, please do feel free to click those stars and give the podcast a rating. It only takes a second or two and it really does make a difference. Thank you so much to everyone who has left a rating or review wherever you listen. And of course, thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, take care of yourself and others and keep it weird, but the good kind of weird. Thank you.